the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for the second hour of the Jimmy Sangenberger Show here on News Talk 710-KNUS. Thanks for joining us, being a part of the program. We'll open up the phones in just a bit again at 303-696-1971. You can also text into the show on the 710-KNUS app on your smartphone. If you don't have the app, what are you doing? Get on it. Download that today from your app store it is four word four letter word free it's the best four letter f word free 710 knus app good to be with you this morning yesterday was a day for body cam footage we got the paul pelosi footage which i talked about in the last hour and gave my own breakdown on that but now we have also received yesterday the body cam footage Lasting a good almost 40 minutes in total, I think, at least from the incident. Not all the, I don't know that the footage adds up to that much of 40 minutes. But we got the footage of Tyree Nichols, who was, uh, who died three days after a police stop in Memphis, Tennessee. Black man and black officers And he died on January 10th. Here's the timeline. January 7th, Tyree Nichols is stopped by police. I think it's for careless driving. And as the footage shows, he... It seems like they don't even ask him license registration or to get out of the car. They just try to rip him out of the car. That's what it appears. January 10th, three days later, police announced that Nichols has died. January 15th, the officers were relieved of duty. January 18th, Department of Justice opened a civil rights investigation. January 20th, officers were fired. January 23rd, the family viewed the police video that was released yesterday. And on January 26th, the officers were charged with second-degree murder. Listener warning, this is graphic audio, but... Here is how the police stop of Ty Ray Nichols began on January 7th of this year. Lots of bad words said there. Lay down. Bro, lay down. I'm just trying to go home. Man, if you don't lay down. Bro, I am on the ground. Put your hands on your stomach. 
He gets away and runs off. They used pepper spray and taser, and it continued. And there are accounts that the police would, the total would have hit, had hit him nine times. It was brutally beaten. Senselessly so. What in the world was going on here? And what is underlying this? Is there a cultural issue, or is this just a handful of cops who are part of a special task force going rogue and just doing things in a way that they uh, shouldn't have. And that's it. Like, we know they shouldn't have done it. It's called the Scorpion Unit, and there are a lot of folks that have been questioning this particular unit. But let's break this down. Lieutenant Stephen Rogers has been a detective, lieutenant, in the Nutley, New Jersey Police Department, he's retired from that position. He's also formerly of the FBI's National Joint Terrorism Task Force, and lieutenant commander as well in the U.S. Navy, retired president of Campaign for America, and he's kind enough to join us now this morning. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Jimmy. Thank you. It's good to talk with you, as always. Um, before we get to some of the broader issues here, I want to ask, from your experience in various law enforcement roles, what did you notice there, and what's your takeaway from the body cam footage? These were cops completely out of control. What I saw angered me. I was disgusted, upset. Uh, there was no supervision there. Uh, the officers never, never tried to de-escalate this. As a matter of fact, the officers escalated it to a point where this individual had died. Uh, you know what, Jimmy? It reminds me of uh, the days when the LAPD beat uh, uh, Rodney King, uh, but this was worse. I mean, this, this was unimaginable. So what it tells me is that not only do we need to uh, prosecute these officers and make sure they go to prison for a long time, but we need to look at the culture of that police department. I mean, look, I, I can tell you one thing, that police departments, cops talk. Uh, they know what's going on. Uh, there are rumors about uh, violent cops, rogue cops, and in a lot of police departments, nothing, absolutely nothing is done about these individuals until something like this occurs. But that's not to say that every police department and every cop is a bad person. 99% of the officers in this country do a good job and a commendable job, but incidents like this that uh, create uh, a situation where the badge nationwide is tarnished. I think that careless driving is why they pulled him over it's been a little bit unclear especially because it seems lieutenant stephen rogers that they just walked right up to the car and took him out tried to pull him out and and succeeded in doing so as opposed to saying license and registration i mean the, the body cam footage doesn't show any of that kind of an exchange and right from the beginning that doesn't make any sense Jimmy, even if they pulled him over for a higher crime, you do not, right. absolutely do not uh, 
give a person a beating. The, the idea is, uh, first of all, I'm looking at the video. They never asked him to come out of the car. They just went right exactly. in, pulled him out, dragged him to the ground. And I noticed a couple of things. One officer's holding this guy's arm up, and another officer's yelling him to, to get down. I mean, how can you get down when another officer's holding you up? Uh, and uh, in my view, based on what I saw, uh, Tyrone Nichols wanted to comply. I mean, it, it seemed to me, you know, we always tell people comply, com- comply, comply, and you're not going to have a problem with the police. I believe he tried to, but it was the officers who created this uh, this horrendous, horrendous act against this individual. And I don't blame him trying to run for help, but uh, unfortunately, it, it didn't end well for him. No, no, not at all. Now, here's a question for you that I found striking hearing the news about this Scorpion unit that they have. They founded it, established it at the Memphis Police Department in the fall of 2021. It stands for Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhoods. And with the rise of crime, I mean, we have family friends who live in the Memphis area who have noted how bad crime has gotten there. It's understandable to me that you would want to have task force that are focused on addressing these issues and in neighborhoods and really trying to, you know, foster relationships with the community and uh, and handle crimes that go on. But apparently there's some real controversial stuff going on with the Scorpion unit, and that's what these officers are part of. Anything that you could tell us or have you have noted about this task force and specialized task forces like these? Well, no, I, I've got to tell you, I've been involved with Task Force. I work with some of them on joint operations with police departments around the state here. I'm familiar with a lot of the Task Force in the New York City Police Department. These are well-trained individuals. They know tactics. They know strategy. They know accountability. The idea is to prevent violence, prevent an escalation in a violent act. And uh, many, many times their Task Force here in New Jersey, their auto death Task Force, where they uh, capture people who are either carjacking or stealing cars and never seen anything like this. And the reason is, Jimmy, is that there is supervision uh, from the top down. And, and I know this may be unpopular to say at this point, but uh, as this investigation continues, they need to investigate every level of that police department, including the officer chief of police. I can't believe, or at least I find it hard to believe, that the reputation, which I understand maybe was not very good to begin with, with the Scorpion unit, no one knew, no one had an inkling, no one in that police department heard a rumor that these cops are out of control. I find that very difficult to believe. And accountability, I always say, is at the top. So from the chief down, there are a lot of people that got to answer a lot of questions. This should have never happened. Those guys' badges should have been taken away from them a long time ago. And the other big question I have is, I wonder how many more times they did this to people when there were no body cams. Mm-hmm. And I suspect there might be some people coming forward saying, yep, I was victimized by these cops. Again, we're talking with Lieutenant Stephen Rogers, a former detective lieutenant for the Nutley, New Jersey Police Department. I want to play a little clip of a columnist for the New York Times named Charles Blow, who is on MSNBC. And we hear a lot of discussion about systemic racism in police. Of course, uh, many folks have noted that these officers were black. The chief of police is a black woman and the victim, Tyree Nichols, was black black. Um, Now, when we look at that, you might say, "Okay, how can there be racism here? Well, I want to ask, especially in the context of the culture of the police department, for your reaction to what he says here. Take a listen to this clip. It is not an anomaly that this 
happens out of a routine traffic stop. When you think back of all the high-profile police killings, particularly of Black men and women in this country, they start as routine traffic stops. And there's a lot of reasons for that. One of them is a profit imperative that police departments have, rather than than politicians being brave enough to raise taxes, they turn to police departments to help them to make money through fines and summonses. That that becomes the you know that profit imperative is at the root of of a lot of what we are seeing. And then eventually, out of all of those stops, in a, in a few of them, something goes tragically wrong, and then, and we start to say, well, let's look at these officers. Let's look at this particular person. How did they act in particular, rather than systemically? But there is a problem here that we are still not dealing with. So I, I think he has an interesting point to be raised about the prevalence of traffic stops and how there's incentives for so many of them, given the way that police departments are funded for much of their budgets. And he goes on to talk more about racial issues and so forth. But are there systemic problems that you think could be revealed here? And what about the argument of systemic racism in police, even if you have black cops that are um, uh, you know, engaging in this kind of horrific behavior um, as as you've seen from from white cops and or, or is it a, a matter of cultural issues in police departments as opposed to something systemic or they may be meshing together systemic and cultural in a way that shouldn't be done what do you think well to begin with he doesn't know what he's talking about uh, he reminds me of individuals that like to inflame the passions of people find other reasons other than what the reasons really are advance the idea of uh, uh, systemic racism to begin with and this is statistically proven. I think Heather McDonald wrote a book called War on Police. Uh, more white people are arrested. More white people are shot uh, uh, by cops. Uh, the other issue is that uh, you have tremendous amount of good work being done by white and black cops in black communities all over the country that you don't hear about. But this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, and I suggest that people like him, Jimmy, uh, maybe get out from behind their desk, sit in a police car for about two or three days and do the hard work these cops do. Uh, fact of the matter is, Jimmy, is that I don't believe there's systemic racism, but I believe there's a problem with training these days. Uh, uh, there's more focusing on this, this so-called woke agenda. Uh, don't do this, don't do that. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Don't get involved in putting uh, the pressure points you were able to years ago to, to disarm people, etc. Not that that's an excuse for what happened. My point is, is that that instead of focusing on working with the community, and I've said this all along, uh, I helped author this, the New Jersey Community Policing Methodologies here. That money, that focus should be on community policing, working within the community, prevent things from happening like this. And you know why, Jimmy? Believe me, there are people I'm sure in that community who maybe knew about these cops and how violent they were, but they were afraid of the police. They're afraid to talk to the cops. We need to let people know that the cop is your friend, not your enemy. So uh, as far as racism concerned, look, at we have it in the courts. We have it in the police department. We have it in the We have racism everywhere, but it's not systemic. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, what we might see, and I don't uh, uh, and I'm not uh, afraid to say this. I see a lot of uh, racism in the media today. And I'll point out MSNBC and I'll talk about uh, Joy Reid and Al Sharpton and people like that uh, who get on the air. And in my view, are, are only there to advance a terrible political agenda For sure. that wants to pit people against the police and the people against the people. So what we need to do is to begin to 
clean up our act all over the place. And you, you know where it begins, Jimmy? In elementary schools. I've said this all along. I used to have cops go into the elementary schools, have lunch with the kids, talk with them. Those cops, those kids didn't look at a black man or a white man. They looked at the color blue as a friend. I think that's so well put. Again, our guest, former detective, Lieutenant Stephen Rogers of the Nutley, New Jersey Police Department, retired. A few minutes left with you, sir, and I appreciate your time and your analysis perspective. I want to expand a little bit more on your point about how the the training is too focused on the woke agenda because there's a lot more talk about we need to um, improve the training of police officers and have those kinds of discussions. But what you're suggesting is that they're focusing on the wrong things. Expand on that. Well, look, they're, they're telling cops, for example, uh, in New Jersey, we had issues where if a, if a criminal commits some sort of a crime, they get in a car and they run away. Well, you can't chase them. Uh, in New York, uh, I, there were people that were uh, assaulted and mugged on the street. The cops couldn't do anything. They stood there and did nothing. Uh, this idea that this reporter talks about, well, the cops are told to get X amount of summonses. He doesn't know what he's talking about because quota systems regarding summonses is illegal now. Cops get in trouble for that. Uh, you need to train on proactive policing, uh, community policing, working with the community, crime prevention. We had these years ago, and they worked very, very well. And you know what, Jimmy? You, you won't hear it and find how many crimes were prevented, how many acts of violence were prevented. Uh, the other thing is uh, police officers, uh, they get one psychological test when they come on the job, and, and uh, after that they never get another one unless there's an incident that occurs. I believe in psychological testing, not only for cops, but for judges and for politicians. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of mental illness we talk about, but we've got them in the, in the judiciary. We've got them in the police forces. So uh, what I'm suggesting is you might be able to find uh, uh, something going through the mind of a cop that uh, puts a red flag up. And I'm not saying fire the person, but uh, get some help for them. Uh, so uh, and I, I didn't believe that years ago. But as I see younger people become police officers, think about this. When I came on, we were all veterans, combat veterans, military veterans. We were well trained, well disciplined. Today, you know, you look around and you, I, I see cops. They're not dressed the way they used to be. Uh, they're not uh, performing their duty the, the way they used to be. And that's a result of leadership. Hmm. That leadership, every police department has to straighten up. first. That's why I said, you know, get to these police chiefs. Now, now, think about this. Don't you think every chief in this country should be racing hell over this? They don't have the guts to do it. They need to stand up and say, this is wrong, this is bad, and, and, and take a look at their police departments and say, we've got to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And one more thing, <laughs> Jimmy, uh, two more things. One, I remember Seprico back in the old days. The entire New York City Police Department was corrupt, and it took Seprico to get shot in the face uh, in order to straighten that department out. There's this blue wall that goes up, but the blue wall begins in leadership. And that has to come down. And finally, the greatest help we could get with police departments, years ago we had police chaplains of all religions. Have the clergy involved. Get them involved. Talk to these guys about even their spiritual well-being. And I've got to tell you, it goes a long, long way. What an interesting and important point. Lieutenant Stephen Rogers, our guest, I want to get to one more thing before we let you go, and so appreciate your time. Last night, we didn't see violence and destruction and mayhem in Memphis, Tennessee, which was the big concern of a lot of people. Rovon Wells is the mother of the late Tyree Nichols, and she said this a few days ago. When that tape comes out tomorrow, 
It's gonna be horrific. My lord, my lord. I didn't see it, but from what I hear, it's going to be horrific. But I want each and every one of you to protest in peace. I don't want us burning up our cities, tearing up the streets. Yes, ma'am. That's not what my son stood for. And if you guys are here for me and Tyree, then you will protest peacefully. Yes, ma'am. That was Thursday night. How classy was that? And her words were heated. She was very clear. He would not want this. That's not what my son was about. You will protest peacefully if you are protesting for him. What are your thoughts, Lieutenant Rogers, on the mother and on last night? It was the heart of a real mother speaking to this nation. She saved this nation from going from bad to worse. But, you know, I noticed in the background the amens, the people supporting her. Yes. Here's your black community. There's your real black community. They saw something wrong here, and they want to correct it, but they want to correct it peacefully. They want to correct it in a way that it won't happen again. That's the real uh, African-American community in this country. They want peace like everybody else does, and I give her all the credit. But the heart of a mother spoke to this nation and prevented something going from bad to worse. Amen to that. Lieutenant Stephen Rogers, retired detective of the Netley, New Jersey Police Department, president at Campaign for America. Really appreciate your time this morning. Great analysis and perspective. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you. Take care now. Absolutely. You as well. Once again, Lieutenant Stephen Rogers joining us here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. He's also formerly of the FBI National Joint Terrorism Task Force and retired lieutenant commander of the U.S. Navy. We're going to take a break. Your calls. What do you think about this? The Pelosi tapes and more. 303-696-1971. Denver's local talk leader, News Talk, 710 KNUS. Charlie Daniels with the little blues, no potion for the pain. I would like to think there can be some kind of potion for the pain that we have for all the violence and crime and terror and destruction situations like the tragic death of Tyree Nichols in Memphis, Tennessee. And there could be some potion for that pain. And potion for the pain of this mother. Uh, it's kudos to Tyre Nichols' mother for what she said Thursday night. When that tape comes out tomorrow, it's going to be horrific. My lord, my lord. I didn't see it, but from what I hear, it's going to be horrific. But I want each and every one of you to protest in peace. I don't want us burning up our cities, tearing up the streets. Yes, ma'am. Because that's not what my Amen. son stood for. Amen. And if you guys are here for me and Tyree, then you will protest peacefully. Yes, Tyree Nichols, rest in peace. You will protest peacefully. She saved this country a lot of pain from that destruction. It was a potion, at least for some pain, right there. Now, Tyree Nichols was 29. He was pulled over on suspicion of reckless driving. Memphis Police Chief Sarah Lynn Davis since casting doubt on the reasoning for the stop due to lack of evidence. Horrifying what happened there in this instance. 
and uh, just in reaction to our conversation with Lieutenant Stephen Rogers, retired detective from Nutley PD, a text coming in from listener. Uh, wow, Jimmy, what an excellent, well-spoken guest. He is indeed. And what a beautiful mother to honor her son that way. So well put. Let's get to the phones. we got one line open at 303-696-1971. Marcus in Aurora. Good morning. You're on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Good morning, uh, Jimmy. I, I only have one question. And yes, sir. It, and I feel bad what happened to him, but it was like Floyd in Kansas City. He had a bad record. <clears throat> but something's not adding up here. Because if it took five undercover special force team, I'm wondering if he was involved in something that set him off. I don't that's, think they were under, question. I don't think they were undercover. But um, you know, I, I am curious about that. Uh what what would motivate this if there was something cultural that they felt, oh, we could just do this or if it w- if there was something else, but I mean, first of all, there's no evidence. All the media reports I've been looking at, there's no evidence whatsoever to show that he had any kind of um, of a criminal record. Number one, number two, he was described as a mama's boy. Loved his mother, did everything for her. He's a father as well, um, and was was a father as well. Honestly, I don't think that there's a rational explanation for this, and I think that's going to bear out. And even if there was some reason that they that precipitated them being more aggressive in the beginning of this, that doesn't justify anything that unfolded after that, especially when you're talking five on one and you're talking about yeah. how, as, as Lieutenant Rogers was pointing out from experience, one guy's pulling up his arm, the other one is saying, get down on the ground, and it's kind of hard to do both, and then he was on the ground. Like, you watch this video... I don't see that there's a logical explanation there other than these these cops acted in a way they're not supposed to and were rather unhinged. Well, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I just wonder in the long run if there was really something there, because if he didn't have a record, then they're totally wrong. So it, it, well, even if they had a record, they're story. totally wrong, though, even if he had a record, they're totally I, wrong I because that. because when you show up at a car, how many times have you if, if you've been pulled over? I have a couple of times. Uh, yeah, I I plead, uh, you know, I have I have sped a couple of times and, uh, you know, that happens. It's been a while. Yeah. But the the officer will tell you license and registration. In fact, when uh, Denver yeah. school board member Tay Anderson was pulled over by police, same exact thing. License and registration, please. And walked him through that. Never asked him to get out of the car or anything like that. There are protocols. These cops showed up. Pulled him right out of the car right away. Didn't even say license and registration or ask him to get out of the car by what the evidence shows. That, yeah, that, I agree 100% with you. I'm just saying something just doesn't add up here. Sure. In the long run, it may come out. and He, he well, might should. be 100% innocent. And then I, I, he, that shouldn't happen to him. But I'm, I just a weird story. Yeah, there, there. It is. It is odd how this thing began and why they would go uh, so far on this. But it's inexcusable what happened. To be sure, Marcus and Aurora appreciate the call three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. Let's go to Gary in Denver up next. Good morning, Gary. Oh, hi, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, very sad day yesterday in this country. Uh, you know. Sometimes it's easy in words to describe an incident, but when I watched the Pelosi uh, tape, I mean, when you saw that man take a full swing 
Yes. And Mr. Pelosi, it wasn't a gentle tap on the head. Hell no. And, no. I mean, just imagine when you bump your head slightly how bad it hurts. Can you imagine what it must have been like for that poor man? Well, and you know what, Gary? I have, obviously, I have animosity towards Nancy Pelosi. But there is a time where, and I, I see it on both sides of the aisle, where sometimes we villainize our enemies so much that we forget that they're human beings. And, like, this is, watching that video and then seeing the other pieces of it, my heart broke for Paul Pelosi. And, you know, I, I hope that the consequences of the book is thrown at David DePap, even though I think the guy's deranged. And that's such an excellent point. That was the other thing. And then I'd like to make a comment on the Memphis situation. Sure. Um, when that, when the Pelosi uh, ish, uh, situation first arose, there were individuals on Fox Radio and some hosts on this radio station, not you, that implied that it was they were lovers, and it just shows the hatred of anything on the other side of the aisle. Well, so you know what? I I will say that this is why I wanted to break it down in the last hour and said that the explanation, it, that, that the situation isn't strange so much as the guy is strange. And when you actually listen to the 911 call, you see the video of uh, David DePap using the hammer to break in to the Pelosi home. You hear him call in to the local TV station at KTVU in San Francisco and say, well, the problem is that, you know, I wasn't prepared enough when I went in there. And you have to think, no, there's no way that those conspiracy theories have any sort of validity. You're right. And on the Memphis situation, I mean, you don't need to be an expert in criminology to look at those tapes and say, this is just wrong. Yeah. These people need to go to go to jail for a long time. And the last thing I'll say is, um, I don't know why I'm thinking this, but I'm just going to say it. The five policemen were all African-American, and I wonder if the riots would have occurred if they were fight five Caucasians. You know, that's a good point. That You know, you, you do have to wonder to what extent it was the mother versus the race of the uh, officers, because certainly it undercuts at least some of the narrative uh, about it being any sort of uh, racist act when you're, you're talking about black police officers and a black female police chief. So that's a good point, David. I got to, or uh, Gary, I got to run. I appreciate the call. 303-696-1971. Great points there. Let's go to David in San Francisco. Good morning, David. Oh, yeah. Morning. Uh, I uh, heard you talking about this uh, police abuse thing. And the thing that, um, you know, I've seen similar videos and, you know, similar, similar abuse cases. And there are times when the training officer has to be the one that's responsible. And who trained these guys to be so miserable? Like, I, there was a case out here in San... Uh, it was north of us. It was like in um, Solano County, I think. It was like an 11-year-old kid walking down the street with a BB gun. And uh, the guy that killed him was a former uh, Iraqi, he was a U.S. troops uh, in Iraq. He was on, like, station police or whatever in Iraq. 
And this kid's walking the other direction, uh, not toward the cop. So he had no idea what was coming up. So this cop sneaks up behind this kid. He's wearing a hoodie, so and the hoodie's up. And so he couldn't possibly even see the nose of the car. This cop jumps out of the passenger side right for the headshot, right? Um, and he, he was a training officer, and he got promoted afterward. And uh, there's other layers of this, uh, like uh, POST uh, is the name of an organization called Peace Officers Standards and Training. And they've been, like, corrupt for 20 years I, I, I mean, this pepper spray case, should, that might even have been in the 90s, where they took pepper spray, put it on a Q-tip, and smeared it in somebody's eye. Now, it, that's like a total, the training officers, the training, and Post showed up at the case for those people that got smeared that way, and uh, uh, Post pretended that even though on the label it said never do that, uh, they said, well, in this case it was all right. I mean, they, Post has been so corrupt, and all of these killings for all of these years, you know, how much ruination of a life and uh, uh, a whole neighborhood hmm. when you see stuff like this happen, and they're on the company, uh, they're on the, the government's uh, payroll. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a a lot of that goes to some of the points that Lieutenant Rogers made in the previous segment, where he was talking about the the way in which there needs to be the training and who is making up some of these police departments and so forth. David, I appreciate that. Well, they convince people that they're they're not even human. And, And what's even worse, there's cases like in Nazi Germany, they targeted houses. Who owns that house over there? Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll ruin his life, and bam, they kill our kid, right? Force him to sell the house cheap. That was like very common, actually. Uh, uh, you know, they take over a state. Well, so way. so what I think you're getting at is the is the issue of human nature and how human beings in general can approach circumstances and and um, various. Things when they get emotionally charged, I understand where you're coming from there. Um, as far as the police, though, I think that you're talking about issues um, when it comes to law enforcement where you have cultural problems, where you have various challenges that come up uh, as far as police officers that may not have the right training, the the right uh, approach or let their emotions get uh, ahead of themselves and then act in a way like we saw in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And, you know, there's a point at which that human nature can kick in. And here's the thing. You need to have training to be effective in that regard. And I think uh, Lieutenant Rogers had some very strong points uh, to that point. Um, we will get to some texts, more calls, 303-696-1971 as we continue. You're listening to The Jimmy Sangenberger Show here on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. Good question from the late, great Junior Wells. One of the greatest harp players to ever live. In fact, my blues band moniker, Jimmy Jr., in part channels Junior Wells. He's my favorite harp player. And, man, did he have that soul. And you can hear it here real quick. He's doing that with his hands to make that effect, by the way. It's absolutely incredible. Good to be with you. 
You're listening to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, News Talk 710-KNUS. In response to the last caller who talked about this group called Post, I wanted to read a text from our own George Brockler, host 6 to 10, every weekday morning. Of course, he is a former district attorney. Post is not just some outfit out there. They are part of the Attorney General's office and comprised of elected sheriffs and chiefs of police, as well as other law enforcement officers from across the state. A legit, I'm adding this here, in some legit organization. Thanks, George, for that clarification. 303-696-1971. Let's go to Johnny in Denver. Good morning, Johnny. Okay. I don't want to seem heartless about this, but I lived in L.A., Compton area in the 80s. And you, you saw this, this culture of gain initiation. I don't know if you've ever seen one before. Not, where, uh, uh, not well, myself. I, no. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to, but, you know, coming from Colorado, I, I, I was going okay. past school ground, and a gain of guys would be surrounding one guy, and they would beat him until, you know. Well, you know okay, I've seen that in movies, so that, you sure. Know. I see okay. what you're – okay, go on. I, I saw it in person. Okay. But you have the police coming in there from other areas. They don't live there. They come in this, this culture. They have 20, they, they see uh, tw- 20, um, I'm sorry, my wife has interrupted me while I'm on the talk show. Um, they have, um, th- these guys come in and th- they see this, this carnage going on with, with all these people killing each other. And they say, well, okay, then we're going to, be as, as aggressive to them as they are to us. And sometimes you, you get uh, caught up in okay, so doing how did, it to people that have no... Sure. So you know, what are you... Being, what are but, what conclusion are you reaching from that regarding the police in Memphis? Okay. Because we didn't know that the background of what investigation they were doing, and this guy kept saying, I'm not doing anything. I'm not... Why? If you're not doing anything, shut up. And handled this in the court of law. Um, you know what, know Johnny? I think not- he was trying to comply, and the officers weren't letting him uh, just comply and and cooperate. And that's the problem here. I, I understand, and I'm, I'm the computer's going to cut me off here in about 30 seconds. We'll get the music in 10. Um, I, I really think that when you're looking at this situation, it... It wasn't just he it wasn't an instance of, okay he was just not cooperating. The guy was trying to cooperate, Tyree Nichols. And the officers went way beyond anything that they should do. We've got more text that we'll get to in the next hour. We'll take calls as well. But Paul Lundeen, Senate Minority Leader of the Republicans, will join us to talk about the legislative session coming up. Keep it right here. It's the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, 710 KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.